You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. <laughs> What's up, boys? Yeah. Let's go. Rock and roll. Sorry, I, I have been chugging this stuff called coffee, and it's fantastic. <laughs> you guys should try it. Fresca? Fresca. Wow. With a, little, with a straw. You, I was going to say, you get a little more of a buzz that I heard when you suck it up a straw. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. I'm gas water. That's all I drink, sparkling water nice. and alcohol. <laughs> Sparkling water and sparkling alcohol. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen, I've seen your uh, your bottles of uh, vino. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I think that uh, he might have been drinking some of that alcohol when he got this uh, outline together for us today, Andrew. Okay. I missed yeah. up one, the refinancing thing. We'll, we'll talk about it. We're gonna okay. find out. We're gonna see. Yeah, that uh, that is a uh, for sure an interesting topic for sure. Um, well, so what's happening in the market is it's completely destroyed. There's no house that's ever going to sell again. Wow. Well, there we go. Uh, on a positive note, uh, Chris checked into a hospital today um, to recover from the beating he took. <laughs> no, you know well, hey, how some people are acting. Oh, my God. I, I know the news. Houses have uh, gone down 6% in California. And they're like, what they're not telling you is the end of that sentence. They're down 6% from 17%. And so they're still sitting at like 11% appreciation for the year. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, be careful what you suck into your brains because it will affect uh, us. And it and they're just trying to get you to, again, no offense to us, guys that like to be listened to, right? Um, they're trying to get you to listen to them. They're trying to get you to watch them. They're trying to get you to click their funnels. Um, I think they should ask my buyer who lost in multiple offers and then the three other people that lost at multiple offers on my listing, if uh, the market is destroyed, because yeah. it, it is, it's, it's, it's still happening. It's still going out there. Um, we're setting up showings all the time. It's crazy, but there, well, I mean, there's definitely some slowness. There's no question. Don't, don't get me wrong though. I mean, Chris, we, we wrote another one this week for a new build and everybody's like, Oh, nobody's ordering new houses. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. And they, they're recognizing that, Hey, Timing sometimes in life is more important than timing on interest rates. And, and granted, don't get me wrong, the payment, if you live in a payment world, payments are very important. But people weren't, the, the, the people that are buying right now are not buying because it's a, it's a uh, good deal. For, for you know, like, let me, let me rephrase that. The money's not a good deal. It's, it's a fair deal, right? It's very fair. So you're not seeing people like saying, oh my gosh, we should just go blow some money and buy a house because interest rates are at, you know, 2% or 3%. They're now saying we need a house or we need to downsize or we want to buy our dream house on the lake. We're tired of the stock market playing games with us. We're going to pull some money out of there and we're going to buy something that we can actually enjoy that doesn't go away, right? Paper losses, sometimes people really have a hard time swallowing those paper losses and um, and they want to make things tangible, you know? And I, I heard that, like I said, several times last summer. Um, well, and, and heck, even a little bit this summer where there were gains from previous years, you know, in the stock market that were fueled by stimulus money or whatever you want to say, fuel it. And people were buying things and it was like that. So their portfolio went up 30% and they'd take, you know, a couple hundred grand and they'd go out and they'd buy something or have some frivolous fun with it, which fueled the, the inflationary challenges that we have. Um, I mean, there, there's, I hate to say it, but the, the boat manufacturers that are out there right now, having a mad dash of making $170,000 pontoons probably will be sitting on those for a while. Most families don't want to spend 770,000. They don't even want to spend 70. They want to spend 50, you know, or less. And, and I, and I live that like normal person's lifestyle and I, and I see it all the time. And so there's some overcalculation being done and there was some overcompensation for lacks of inventory. Um, you know, they're being made up for, and, and now everybody's catching up rates jump and people are nervous, but that's okay. Is Andy is is your pontoon only one hundred and fifty thousand? Well, I got the twin four hundreds on there um, with massage chairs. So you, you live, a, you live, a, you live a normal life. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I want to be able to pull two surfers on each side. Um, I got one of those new double surfboats. Have you seen those things? <laughs> oh, what is it? So now they have pontoons that are surfboats. That on the back of the tunes, they push plates down, and they make these awesome curls. And what's cool about, honest to God, about it, and they're not much cheaper than the wake boats, but um, the, the idea there is, is that it's a pontoon. It's supposed to leave less disturbance on the lake, but there's more flat space for people to hang out. Like, you're sitting in a living room watching your buddy surf and listening to cool music and having fun, and now you got the refrigerator. Maybe you got a little microwave to melt that cheese on your nachos you always like, Chris, when you're boating. Um, or whatever a bathroom (laughs) i don't know about this whole bathroom thing on the water i it was a big story the other day because i couldn't believe all these people go to the bathroom i mean did you look at look at below us here the photo in the background here that photo is a perfect example of at when they took that picture there were three people at or four people at the same time peeing off the back of their boats yeah that's that's my point what what happened to the days that you just like you jumped in the water and you act like you're swimming around and doing everything? Now it's like it's a production, like it's an honor to go to the bathroom off the back of your boat. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know what's funny is that you remember that uh, that TV show Grown Ups, and where they had all the comedians, you know, and the and they uh, Kevin James and all those guys that are in there and they're they're out there and all of a sudden they're in the kiddie pool and the pool starts turning blue when they're swimming because they're peeing. <laughs> That's, uh, that's what they need out there on that big island. Huh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What's this say? If you secured a 30-year fixed mortgage on a $600,000 home at 2.6%, which was in 2021, you have the same monthly mortgage payment as someone that just bought a $392,000 home at 6.2. And it's higher than 6.2 now. But yeah, you hit it right on the nose. Yeah. But the thing is, well, you people know, are doing it. And until... And it's just a broken record, but until inventory changes, the market's not going to really change. It's going to sl- maybe slow a little, but there's just not a lot of stuff out there. And so then when something comes on that three people want, it causes multiple offers and they pay for it and they're fine with the payment. So, Well, you know, read through the stats because, you know, when you look at uh, all of us that are watching this or listening to this, if you think about simple economics, go back to grade school, supply and demand, Right. And if there's a lot of demand, there's no supply, prices go up. And, and, and conversely, you know, so there's there's a situation now where I think for years to come, we're going to have an inventory issue. I really do. I think we're going to have it where, um, you know, the houses, they can't supply new construction at, a, at, a, at an affordable rate. And they've proven that. I mean, most houses now, new construction starts in the sixes. Heck, even townhomes are starting in the high fives. And now that rates went up, I think there's going to be a little bit of a correction on new construction demand, um, but it doesn't mean that people don't want it. Or what's going to happen is you're going to see a real push for that multi-cocooning, you know, multi-family housing where you have mom and dad or the, the you know, mom and dad have the, the college kids come back or whatever, and then they can afford that seven eight $800,000 house with twin masters or what, you know what I mean, or something like that. But otherwise, I tell you what, I, and I, I've set broken record here. All the people that locked in at 2.9, 3.6, whatever it was, percent on a 30-year fixed, I don't think they're ever going to be able to swallow the payments of jumping from that house to a bigger house um, with the new rates being twice as high. So what will happen is people get real comfortable. And when they're comfortable, what do they do? They don't move. And, and I think there's a lot of people that refinanced over the last couple of years that are going to be in a, a rude awakening if they want to move. And or or they hold the properties as an asset, keep paying it off and hold it as a rental, and then they go out and buy another primary residence or something. But I think a lot of inventory is gonna be tied up for a long time, guys. I'll tell you what I think is gonna happen, Andy, and I think this is uh, something I've been talking about with people. But it's one of those things that let's just say that you've got a hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of equity. So you got a five fifty house and you owe four hundred on it. And you have it at 3% interest rate. And now the interest rates are at 7, maybe closer to 8. And that type of uh, homeowner, seller, I mean, this is what you can do. You can basically sell it on a contract for deed. Now, you might have a due on sale clause, but that it's still it happens a lot, um, which basically says if you switch ownership that you have to pay off that mortgage. But I think what's going to happen is some people are going to be able to go and say, hey, it's 150 grand. Put down 150 grand on a contract for deed. I'll finance it for you for five percent, 
And so now that whole house that you just took all your money out of, you're also making money on that interest rate. So your payment might be thirteen hundred, and they're paying you sixteen fifty. Now all of a sudden you've got you know another four grand a, a year that you're making off something that you already sold and just leveraged in your interest rate, which in turn makes you feel better about paying five hundred more on your payment on the next one because it's really only one hundred and fifty dollars. You know, in, in talking about the payments and things like that, Chris, I tell you, so I had a really interesting conversation with a an, an, uh, customer that um, was renting a room from a friend okay. and paying $500 a month to have that bedroom, which is cheap, by the way. When you rent a bedroom in a house nowadays, they're anywhere from $900 to $1,400 a month for a bedroom, you know, where shared kitchen, shared garage, you know what I mean? It's crazy. But anyway, yeah. so that that's that's what we're seeing right now. So then on top of that, so this guy says, "Hey, I wanna I wanna buy a house, but I can't seem to find something that um, I like." So he says, "Well, I'm just gonna go rent a house at twenty five hundred dollars a month um, for a year, and in the in the meantime, let's keep looking, and if we find something, we'll take advantage of it." And I said, "Okay, so you're willing to throw out the door, which your buddy's not kicking you out at five hundred dollars a month. You're willing to throw out the door twenty four thousand dollars, fact, right?" Instead of paying more for a house or underbidding or buying down your interest rates or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all of a sudden you got to start thinking about, you know, like from somebody from a wise perspective, you know, instead of getting, yeah, instead of that impulsive, I want to stay safe and I'm just going to rent a house. Well, good luck. You, you owe them 30 grand. Cause if it's 2,500 bucks a month, that's about $30,000 a year. And, and I'm looking at that and I just go, the, the psychology behind it, I get it's the, the practicality of it. It's like, it's just not practical. I mean, People that go and rent and blow that kind of money. That's that's why these apartments are charging three grand a month, guys. Because right. we're willing to pay it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to pay it. Again, oh, if yeah. it's if it's good, here's my thing. If it's good, it will sell. If it's good, it will rent. Right. Facts. Facts. Okay. Hey, there's some good news though, especially relating to Minnesota and lake life, as you've been seeing the the background. The land of 10,000 lakes. Um, we're going to bring you this segment. It's being brought to you by Chris Rooney, Home Experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I found All right, hey, sorry about this um, This article. This Minnesota website is, is tough with the, the advertisements. But so basically it just says 50% of Minnesota's lake real estate listings jumps nearly 50 percent since last year 50 percent what in value or 50 yeah. percent in... in value value of minnesota's lake real estate listings jumps nearly 50 percent. so that that i mean that could mean that just more of the expensive stuff was selling too um and but just kind of in an average uh situation that uh it's it's opening up and i i might to me i look at that and during COVID, that people were reluctant to sell their lake home. And then I think after they felt it was done, people started then selling them. And people were out there ready to buy them. And, and that happened. And it was and it was big. And a lot of prices went up uh, dramatically. I've got, I've got some that, I mean, I would say um, some of them that I sold, and I told people, I said, you're you're probably between three and 500,000 higher because you waited um, to be able to sell your place. I mean, and it's, it's crazy. Some of the lake homes, I mean, if I, I talk about prior lake and specifically very, very hard to get anything under a million. And the reason that is, is because the people that want to build and tear down, we're starting to grab the, those houses that were yet they're decent. I mean, there's, there's one on the lake right now that just got uh, bought for a million two fifty to tear down, um, a little over one point seven to tear down, and it's becoming a theme. 
So it's very interesting. But when that happens, it's like those people that are trying to buy those million dollar houses have competition. So then it just shoots those prices up. So you almost have to, if you're, if you're looking to kind of get on the lake in that 800 to 1.2 million, you've got a, a lot of things to fight. And then typically you're going to end up with a place that uh, doesn't have maybe a lot of potential. It is what it is. So it's like, you can't really add on. So that's why someone wouldn't buy it to tear it down and build on it because they can't get what they want. So. That's true. That uh, we had, we came across a rare opportunity uh, year before last, um, where some lake lots, uh, an undeveloped peninsula on one of the lakes up in Alexandria, came up for sale, and uh, they developed it and uh, got a housing development approved on there, and and we bought a lot and probably paid a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand more than I thought I would have, um, but to get it and to start with a with a fresh palette, you know, or uh, you know, um, canvas, as they say in the artist world. And as you can see from Nick's shirt, I'm influenced by him. Um, and that canvas, you know, then it gives you open game on what you want to build. You can do what you want the way you want it. Um, it it's kind of cool. But it, I, I do understand, though, the the pressure on the houses in the cities, because you look at even up in the Brainerd Lakes area, the Alexandria area, it, it is. It's hard to find properties that are under a million bucks, even up in those resort communities nowadays um and or or values of, of the houses i mean and they do exist but what's funny to me is like some of the houses that they're trying to get a million dollars for should sell for 250 in a, in a normal market and they're trying to get like 9.99 and then they're for sale for six months uh, let me let me give you a quick little hint if you've been on the market six months and haven't sold unless you're in a really unique situation in today's market you're not going to sell at that price you need a price adjustment or you need to or you need to do some different marketing or something because Everybody knows you're for sale. Everybody knows what you have for sale. They're choosing not to buy it. So that strategy is now you're waiting for some fish to swim into the pond that hasn't been there before to, to bite on that deal. And it just. Do you, do, you, do you think they're taking advantage of maybe the people that um, are living on the lake right now? Because what, what we're seeing is that the people that are living on the lake are really cashing in big time. Um, and so and with that, so let's just say they get two million dollars for their house, which isn't a great house. You could go rebuy that house off the lake and maybe spend 800. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I've got this, I'm gonna do a cabin as well. And so those people are going up there kind of thinking, Jesus, lake stuff's crazy. Gosh, it's only a million, I'll, I'll, I'll grab that. And it's just, it's a it's a mind thing that it, they're, they're replacing, now they only have one lake house, now they have a super nice house on a golf course and then they have the cabin up north. So, and for all of us that are at home puking right now, thinking about having a $2 million house payment, um, tell us how many people that are buying those kind of properties even have mortgages? Uh, yeah, not as many as you. I would say probably, um, I mean, maybe half. Half will, but half mark. Right, they're putting a million dollars down on a $2 million purchase. Right. And you know what I mean? So it's like they're, they're positioned pretty well. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 uh, that, that always seems to be, the, at least with me, I, I've had a, a buyer that we've been shooting around that's around a $3 million buyer. And when you're looking at properties, it's amazing the questions that are asked of you too. The agents are usually the listing agents are at the property to ask those questions. Um, and they're screening your clients. And, and you have to literally go up to the agent and say, listen, you greeted yourself. If we have any questions, we'll come back to you. Need you to sit right here and not follow us around. I don't want you to listen to our conversation. I don't want you asking my client any questions because they're bold enough to sit there and say, well, my client wants me to. And I go, okay, cool. I don't want to divulge any information in a negotiating perspective of any kind, uh, you know, to an agent. And it's like, but in that high end market, it's, it's totally fair game for an agent to sit there. And so what kind of business do you own? Or how'd you come up with all your money? Or, you know, and it's like, you sit there and you, they're just feeling you out, man. And they're just trying to get information for negotiating down the road. Yeah. Anyway. That's kind of a side note, but <clears throat> I think it, I think you're right, Andy, on that. Um, we talk about that and I, I do have to meet people out at some of these listings that we're doing. And, um, it, and I turn it more into a, you know what, I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes and do anything, but I'm here for questions. If you have them, I'd rather you get the answers right away 
then be able to collect those questions, then call me, and then I get back to you in three days, then Andy calls you back in two days, and then you finally get the answers. And by that time, you've looked at three other houses. So it's yeah. sometimes it's better just to be able to, you know, hey, Chris, where is that? Where, where are those lot lines again? Oh, yeah, they're right here and here. And okay, now what about what about this? You know, and it, and it just helps that way. But Andy's so right. I think as other agents, when we're on that other side, we're trying to be protective of our client. And so that they're not trying to get information that um, they shouldn't be asking. Now, if they well, offer protecting, it, protecting our, our interests and our relationship with that person too. Totally. You know, you think about this. I mean, that, that's something that a lot of people don't recognize is like, who, who wouldn't want to work with that somebody that, you know, is they have all the listings on the lake, but they don't know that person. So they're using you instead or whatever the situation is. And, and then you're, or, or, you know, you're mostly this kind of a, a, a agent and you're not normally in that price range. And you know what I'm saying? And it's like, trust me, those agents are smart and they're successful for a reason. They're wise and they, they know how to ask the right questions at the right time. And I always worry about like the agency relationship a little bit there too, where not, not that I'm intimidated about losing a client. I mean, God, if they earn a client over in one meeting, but more, more the sense of, of what they're saying to your clients is, is so important. And having open ears and, and being willing to protect your client and say something is, is pretty important too. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a hard time concentrating with Andy's all new furniture back there. Yeah, his car so collection. Nice. Yeah. He's got a car. Oh yeah, he does. Hey, look at that microphone back there. You missed that. Oh, wow. Yeah, remember that? That was my old CCO days. We won that bad boy. <laughs> Andy, you, what's the car? Do you have like a table podcast where you sit there and, you know. That's no, if you're sitting at my desk behind me, you're in trouble. You're uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's a uh, that's my collaboration desk. So I got all this countertop space around me, and uh, that's where I literally will sit back there when I'm you know sitting, uh, working on a, a blueprint or thinking about a piece of land I'm developing or whatever. And that's where I, I literally get away from my desk for a second to put a different cap on. I don't know if you guys have ever used that business strategy of where. You, you're the CEO of your company, you're the sales manager, and you're the customer service rep. And when I'm the the kind of the creative sales, whatever, and I'm, I'm, I try to get away from my desk. When I'm at my desk, I'm all business, right? So it's like, you know, I don't know, I'm a little bit weird, but. I want to know when we're going to start doing this podcast together again. I think we had a good time when we were like across from each other. It was, it was, it was much more uh, vibrant and, uh, making fun of them and hey. ripping on me hey it if as long as you guys don't mind naked legs i'm in could you, could you take your helicopter down here yeah i think we're busy thursdays but maybe uh maybe Dude, I, have, I have an old client that does that he literally has a helicopter that they fly to their office every day and and they literally take that same helicopter up to their home on Gull Lake in Brainerd. They're, they're, that's their cabin. Can't we just videotape like three of these things like at once and then do it? Maybe. That's special. But hey, let's get into the next segment. It's going to be brought All to right. you by uh, Andy Prasky, Preferred Home Team. We're going to do some social media reacts. Have some can fun. You, can you do it? Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales, I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, thanks for listening to the show. You, you, know, you know the secret, Chris? But is with all my clients, I, I give every one of my clients one of these easy buttons and I just make it so easy. And I'm just like, hey, do you want to sell your house? That's easy. You want to buy a house on the lake on the best point? That's easy. Do you make them wear that like as a, like a button or something? It's, it's my, here, my shirt. Wait, no, <laughs> no that's, that's a different reason that's you put it on your shirt. <laughs> What's up, guys? Follow me for a date. What's up, guys? Follow me for a date as a New York City real estate agent. Here's a quick fit check. 
courtesy of Nelly Lotan, and you know I'm always rocking the Thursday boots. Let's go. Have you guys all seen the new e-bikes? I thought they were ugly at first, but they've kind of grown on me since they're super fast. I'm waiting on my client, but we're gonna go check out that building. This one's $9,000 a month for two beds. What do you think? Now we are heading back to the office in Union Square. We're grabbing Chipotle for lunch. So we actually changed companies and that was my old office. But our new office is literally right across the street. A bit anticlimactic and slightly awkward, but doesn't matter to me because this is my favorite area. So I'm happy to stick around. I had some work to do at the office and a meeting with a man, then a quick walk up to film our YouTube video. The boys. It's been a while since I put out long-form YouTube videos, so I am very excited. Make sure you stick around. I'll see you guys next time. That's okay. cool. So the reason I did this, because this guy's pretty big on the socials, but I want to know the difference between the, the Coast Realtor and the Minnesota Realtor. Is it different? Flip-flops versus boots, right, Andy? Hey, whatever you like, I'll put it on. Let's, let's see if you have them on right now. I don't have shoes on right now. Oh, you don't have nothing? Okay. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, I think he's trying to show you that he's a cool guy you want to hang out with, and hence the you'll want to do business with somebody you like. And, you know, I don't know. I, I do get – I mean, I, that is a lot of times uh, – you know, when they say we want you to videotape your, your um, you know, your day or whatever, and I'm like, who the heck wants to see – the day in the life of a real estate agent running from showings to a listing presentation to a customer service situation to a ordering couple, new pens. Couple of wild wings. Yeah. Do some strategy. I don't know, man. I, I just, you know, but some people obviously like, just like I, I never would have thought that there would have been a TV show about like real estate, like, like the New York city million dollar listings or whatever. And you know, it's, it's, they granted they pick some pretty colorful characters, you know, they've got pretty interesting backgrounds or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, um, I don't even know how to describe it. They dress fancy. They look fancy. They're fun to, they're intriguing, but the average agent isn't that exciting. It, yeah. It, yeah. What people think realtors are and what they are is two different things for sure. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of times behind the scenes too, where, you know, like that, that uh, real estate agent we just were watching Think about when he's trying to go out there and meet new clients. So what do you do in a New York city? You have to join clubs. You have to be part of whatever you have to be part of a fundraiser. You have to be, so you meet more people, right? You get in those social networks where people say, Oh, I really like this guy. He's cool. Let's uh, yeah. Hey, I'm looking for a new apartment or I'm looking for a house. And then, and then uh, stuff happens, but it, it for sure. Um, I don't know. Hey, speaking of what people think a, a realtor is and what they actually are, here's a here's a funny guy. He's been doing really good. I really like his content. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I smit that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. To whom much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he get the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. Please come to the open house, please. I'm begging, begging you, Mike. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I was talking about right there. That is funny. That's uh, yeah, that one actually made Lisa on the other side of the office start giggling out loud. <laughs> it was good, yeah. Um, but you do, you, you kind of get that impression. That's what uh, you think the realtor life is. And I was, when Andy was talking about that, I'm, I'm remembering baseball games where it's like, I get a phone call as I'm coaching on at third base, I'm coaching third base. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, there's that call. I, I've been waiting for him to call back. I gotta, I gotta answer this thing. Then all of a sudden it's just kind of like, you know, go off to the side. I'm answering my phone and, Calling signals over from the side. I mean, it's just ridiculous. That's the part about real estate. I think that is icky. Missed. Icky, icky. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that's the, like, we've talked about this over the years. There's a lifestyle balance and being available whenever your client is, is the key. But, um, you know, I, I, I've learned from many of these real estate coaches over the years that some people, not all, but some people will work within the parameters of your business model saying, hey, I'm available nine to five. Um, I answer all my, return all my calls at, you know, I got one guy that said, 
uh, you know, if you're a one one uh, man band, you you have the old I return all my phone calls at 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. or whatever, and they do that. Or you know, because being available 24 seven, it's like like I said, I go once somebody gets busier, it's kind of just like you know, you look at I always I always look at like the the clinic, right? You have somebody that checks in, you have a nurse that takes your weight, you have a, a then the doctor comes in. Well, guess what? There's there's probably five to one of each of those positions to the one actual physician because the pay is different. The the expertise level is different and the time they need to spend with you really is limited because everybody else is helping you do the groundwork, you know, do whatever kind of like with, with real estate, when you have real estate teams where sometimes there's a real estate agent, that's the, the, the main uh, character. And then they have supporting staff that maybe opens up the doors or makes the showings happen. And then when it comes down to negotiating or listing the houses or the marketing plans, that main agent is the go-to again. And then that helps you. And that, that's one of the things we, we've talked about this over at Remax quite a bit about teams. Like, why do you want a team? Because everybody thinks, oh, a team, I'm successful. It doesn't necessarily mean anything with success. It's all about lifestyle control. And it's more of a, you know, uh, capacity. Like, do you, do you actually, do you, do you want to scale your business? Do you want to grow it? How do you scale it? How do you make it profitable? And, and those are all things that, you know, it's just, what do you want to do for your living? I mean, do you want to run a big business? Or do you want to be the individual go-to, you know? Yeah, I think it's it's really hard to do it right if you're um, going to do everything yourself. It's it's just really hard which to do it because yeah. you and, and you can do it individually, but to be able to gain experience and right. to be able to get, it, it's you have to do more deals. And the more deals you do, the more experience you get which in turn helps your client. And yeah. so it's, I don't know. I mean, it's. Well, but think, think about this too, Chris. I mean, we've talked about this a million times. Like you take somebody like a Tony Robbins that, you know, isn't real estate based, but he's coaching lifestyle, whatever based. Right. And that guy says straight up list the three most important things in your life. Okay. And if you're not giving them attention every day, I mean, is it your family? Is it your wife? Is it your business? Is it whatever it is? If you're not giving those three things attention every day, those things will go away yeah. or they or they won't be managed very well and they, they won't be happy with you in return. So the things that matter to you most, you want to, you know, have them matter back to you or, or vice versa. Right. So it's like you, you have to have that. Um, it, it's a very you have to be intentional in business right now. I think that there, there has to be, you know, uh, are you sitting down every day and talking about how am I going to grow my business or how and, or how do I grow my business in a changing market? How do I help buyers right now? The big thing I've been saying to a lot of our uh, coworkers and team members and whatever else is um, putting yourself in a position of where you're helping the people that need the help right now, because people do, you know, mom and dad, you know, or somebody passes away and they need to sell their house or, you know, they, they literally have nowhere for their family in this house. It's too small. They need to upsize um, and focusing on those kind of customers first. But at the end of the day, it ultimately is how do you want to spend your day? How do you want to spend your business? Make a plan, follow it. And this is Travis with Backwoody Home Loans. Uh, this is a call out for all teachers out there. Um, Backwoody has a Giving to Heroes program that which gives discounts to all teachers or anybody in the education profession. If you're interested in learning more about this great program, please feel free to give me a call. <laughs> give him a call, he doesn't have a phone number on there. What the heck? Travis is a social media king now. Look at that. How did that happen? He, he went from zero to hero. Jeez Louise. That was. No, he's great. I love Tra you and I, uh, for those of us that don't know Travis Whitford um, with Bay Equity, Travis was, my gosh, with us for nine, 10 years on the radio at CCO. Sponsored the show. Oh, wow. Come in and do on-air appearances with us. And just a great dude. And I've, I've always enjoyed Travis. He's got that dry sense of humor, which I love. And you're sitting there and all of a sudden it's all serious. And you'll go, oh, my God, that was a joke. <laughs> and you, it just makes me chuckle, um, you know. Yeah, Travis is a hard guy not to like. Yeah, I do think you're going to see uh, lenders trying to do other things now because, I mean, it is, it is slower. So now it's but, – but that's the thing is now, now rather than pouting and crying about it, let's try some other things and do it, you know. There you go. So.
it's he, they could be very proud of that. If the, that's what they're trying to do. That's that's wonderful. Trying to crash the crash the housing market. I think that's wonderful. You can't crash something that's already slowing down on its own. Mm. I'm not going to give them the credit. They're, I mean, they are they are helping it though. There's no question about it. By raising rates, you're not they're knocking people out of the market that you once had. Um, they're not people aren't getting the equity. Maybe they're not going to sell now. They're going to hold on, but then that keeps inventory low, which keeps the market going forward. So I, I actually I have something it's going to do. It's not going to crash the housing market. It's going to hurt the people that are in it. And I mean, it's a it's a pretty big industry, and you're going to lose those people. And maybe you know what? Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe they'll go become. Uh, a waiter or a bartender so we can finally get some service in the restaurants. Jesus. We need yeah. it. Yeah. This uh I, I was I was super, you know, talking about people like, oh my gosh, you guys, houses are, my my kids will never be able to afford a house. And you know, and I'm like, do you remember when your grandma and grandpa, you know, oh, I don't know, 50 years ago were buying houses for ten thousand dollars? I have this old publication from 1946, your your new home, okay. So it literally talks about the different styles of houses and floor plans. But here's what's interesting. Look at this, you guys. So um, partial contents of your new home. Um, if you need a roof over your head, um, there's 22 houses. If you make five to $10,000 a year, not a month, a year. Here's four houses for people that make over $10,000 a year, right? I mean, and you look at, I mean, my gosh, it's interesting how back in the day, you were a baller if you made 10 grand a year. I think my dad told me his payment was like 70 some dollars. And that was not yeah. easy. That, and that's like single family households with an income of $5,000 a year or less. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, by the time you uh, perish, your house that you live in right now, that might be a million dollar home, might be worth $10 million. We don't know. And you might make $5 million a year base salary. We don't know. I mean, things have historically gone up. It's, it's not like we need to freeze stuff in time and then it's always gone up. People always want more money. They want more raises. They want to see appreciation in their houses. That's how wealth is created um, or the illusion of wealth, I should say sometimes. But, um, you know, that that's anyway, I, I just I had to point that out because I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. If you make under five thousand dollars a year, isn't that great. I have that in a protective cover. I think it's neat. Grounds me. <laughs> uh rona agents realize they have to actually work in market and sell homes now <laughs> oh boy um where do we go with that one i i'll tell you what i think the people in the market um or or looking at our market equate time um with whether or not you worked or not so a lot of people think oh you only sold it you sold it one day you didn't really earn your money you know what? Why don't why don't we do this? Why don't we wait 322 days so you can make your bed 322 times, clean all the dishes, be ready for an open house and a, and a showing like every second? Do, would I have earned my money then? No, you would hate me. And so the quicker we can get this done and prepare it to get it for sale, that's that's where all the work is done, people. It should be done. And then you just have to adjust with what the market has done. But if I haven't done my job at the beginning, you know, that's what's yeah. going to cost you the long time. Well, you know, Chris, it's just like being a batter in baseball, right? You walk up to the plate and they hit a home run and you're like, oh, what did the pitcher screw up? No, the batter might just be good. You know, maybe the batter. Can't... <laughs> I was waiting for you to get me. That's about my third analogy of the day. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, we've all played sports, right? And you think about that for a second or the quarterback that can just throw the dimes. You know what I mean? It's like. There's there are some people that are just better at their job than others, and I hate to say this because everyone wants everything to be so fair and so. No, there are real estate agents that are better than other real estate agents. There are agents that care more. There are agents that do more research. There are agents that spend more time uh, understanding what they're doing for clients, so they can perform and give a better experience to the client. Those people will survive through this next economy, you know. And because I think it's going to be a slower. I don't think it's going to go away, but I think it's going to be a slower. And I think houses will still appreciate. And I, I really do. And I think that we're still in a situation where, you know, the news is hyping everything to be bad, bad, bad. Well, it is what it is, you know, and, and um, anyway. 
the truth about why I left Compass to join eXp. I'm aligning with people who have the same direction as me. They wanna see me grow and win rather than compete with other agents. The financial factor, the revenue share is life-changing. They have an exit plan. I can partner with agents worldwide. It's a borderless brokerage, 22 different countries and all 50 states. What's the bottom line? Building a massive empire with the people I actually wanna work with. That's such BS. <laughs> they they can't you can't I'm telling you you have to have a license in each state you do business so this we're borderless man I can sell you a house in Fiji no you can't you can't sell a house in Florida unless you're licensed in Florida at least in the states right and what they're saying is but, that the brokerage is everywhere but for an agent that's licensed in multiple states he doesn't have to switch companies in each state that's a fact yeah but you know Remax like we have a at our I'll just oh, okay let's let's talk about Remax. So Remax has Florida, Texas, Colorado, Arizona, where our brokerage has branches in all of those states. And for like 75 bucks a month, you can add that license to your to your brokerage um, expense. Yeah. It's not like it's that yeah. big. Of, that's not a big deal. But to me, to me, that is it is something different. I mean, and I think every brokerage to me has their things. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, yeah. you want to look at Remax. I mean. What Remax touts is that we've got 120 some thousand agents. I don't even know what it is, you know, throughout the world that we can, you know, market with. I mean, that I mean, everyone's got their thing, and what they, well, that, they what they tout, want. A lot of times, like the Remaxes of the world, tout that they have the agents that do the most volume. So they're the most successful agents in that in that industry. They're not a volume based. They got actually passed up by Keller Williams, I think, three years ago, and then now EXP has passed or real close to passing up. Uh, uh, Keller. And so they have the agent counts, but the average agent sells what 0.8 houses a year. So it's like the, the sales quantity and experience level historically up to this point has been lower. Doesn't mean you're going to get a bad experience if you hired an agent from that brokerage. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if they have a thousand agents in the Twin Cities, but none of they sell 400 houses a year, who cares how many agents they have? It's more important to know that they have buyers and sellers. And so I think that's the strength of a company like a Remax, where you have the independent-minded, independent business broker owner, and you get you know the guys like the Chris's and the Andy's of the world that we have a pipeline of hundreds of past clients, um, yeah, thousands actually in, in some cases, and and they've got the the people in those areas that know what's going on, and we've got experience in those areas, buying and selling and negotiating in those areas, you know, it, it's just it's different. I just think though that I mean from from a brokerage standpoint. It's not like I'm defending, but I'm defending every brokerage in that it's you got to go where you feel comfortable and what and what works for you. Um, I do think I, I think from that that EXP thing is that there's there's a couple ways that that I think that are good. I mean, and then one of them is that uh, having been able to be go to get licensed in standard one company. But I think the other thing is is if you talk about this whole rev share thing. I think very few of them do that, um, but what it does, I think, is is really good in that if you're building this whole group, you've got three, four, seven hundred, two thousand people that are invested in making you be better, and so you're going to get some answers that you might want. So it's just a different way of doing it, and so however people want to do it, and glory be. Yeah, you know, it's, I just all the purchase agreements. That's all I care about. It's just a little different way to put your pants on. Like, are you worried about building a business that pays you residual, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's multi-level marketing thinking, making people do the work for me so I can take a cut of a cut of a cut, right? Versus well, I go out and I hunt my own kill. I mean, I, I literally find my own customers. I help them. I help them. I get paid for it, right? And so it's just different. Like you said, it's just different. Yeah, it's our good buddy, Mike. Stretch. You know Stretch, right? I like his uh, profile yeah. photo. Says, with Southwest Florida getting battered by the hurricane, what do you think will happen with the investment market in that area? I agree. It's probably, I hate to say it, but I, I really felt, I don't know about you, Chris, but I really felt that that was one of the first markets that was going to correct was Florida um, because of the pricing that was just going bananas. I mean, we were looking at... Um, boat in the back of the house on the ocean in less than 15 minutes kind of properties that a couple years ago were going for 699 um also shot up to about 2 million 
And I mean, almost overnight for a piece of crap that now has been flooded. And so what will happen is I think you'll see redevelopment opportunities. Anything that was ground level in Fort Myers, it looks like you had about six to eight feet of uh, water go through that area and basically just flood everything. So those houses probably will be, if they're not destroyed, they'll be close to it. Um, and then you'll see a whole new slew of construction. So if you're in the construction business and you want to stay busy, you may want to put your resume on uh, and head down to Florida because I think they're going to be busy down there for years, But unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think people are going to stop going to Florida. I think that now they're going to find newer stuff and <laughs> what's happened down there. And I think uh, a lot of these people that have been decimated are probably going to make out pretty well on it, which is and, and for all the families that are down there, my gosh, God bless you. I hope you're doing fine and well and and uh, they find you safe and and you can get to where you need to go. Um, I've heard there's just, I mean, it's, I don't know if you've been looking at that, Chris, but it was devastating. I mean, I we, my that. whole team last year went um, actually, in, or this year, excuse me, in April, we went down there for our, kind of our team trip and uh, we were down in the downtown area um, of Fort Myers, the actual, uh, where they, you know, there's big Marine up the river there. And they always say they bring their boats up there when there's storms because then they can ride out the storm up in the river. Well, where that area is, those downtown buildings, there were seven feet of water up on these buildings. You couldn't even see the windows on the first floor of the downtown area. And it was just literally rooftops floating down the streets. So where we were in that marina, that means that water had to have been up 12 feet high because we walked off of the pier down about six feet to the boat. And, and that would have been six feet, seven feet higher than, than, I mean, you're talking 12, 13, 14 feet of water that surged into that area. That That's where that Ford, those of you that know where the Ford um, estate was there, the um, that that all would be underwater. That's did all you, right there. It's did you crazy. see that? Did you see the Tampa Bay where the water receded? No. That was scary. I guess on the backside, I mean, Tampa, Tampa Bay, the Filled Bay. Up. No, the opposite. It emptied. Oh, it sucked all the water out. Yeah. Because of the hurricane. I don't know what that that whole thing is crazy. I think th there's some science. There's some real science there. Yeah. But that would well, be that water, would be eerie. It's like a big vacuum and going across the, the sky, right? And it sucks up everything around it. Wherever it goes over, it floods. Yeah. It, it, I'm not a meteorologist, but man, it, it uh it's it's gonna be a mess down there for years. Wicked. Hi right, guys, hey, let's let's sell some homes blindly. So I'm gonna pick a random home here on uh, yes, please. Zillow, and you guys are gonna market it. So you're gonna try to sell people on it. Okay. Oh boy, you gotta market it. Hope it's not my listing. I can't rip it apart. I'm good at ripping stuff apart. Okay, ready? Uh, who wants to go first? Chris does. Okay. Oh, where's Chris going? Oh boy, he's going to Bloomington. He's going to Bloomington, located in a, a fantastic area. Bloomington is a is just a suburb that's uh, far enough out, but yet real close to all the amenities, including Snack Shack, that's uh, taken over uh, by storm there. So this was built in '76. I mean, that's a nice, uh, mature neighborhood. You get uh, a lot of maturity there. Where are we at? 80th and Pennsylvania. Okay, so now now we're really close to everything. What do we got? Two story. If I could figure out how to give me some bedrooms and stuff. I gotta so see four bedrooms. It's we got four bedrooms, three baths. That's which is which is super nice. We're totally finished home. Um, kind of your uh, standard two story, but it looks like it's in really good shape on a on a private lot. Uh, actually, it's in a really really good area. I think that we could probably get that for a little less. Um, it's been on the market here for a week or two, and it's already reduced. And we're starting to see a lot of that. People are trying and then reducing it quick. So, um, but there's that's an opportunity. And if there's pictures inside, it's got to be hideous because I mean, for five seventy five, that seems cheap. Oh, but look at that fridge, though, Andy. It's a seventeen foot wide fridge. What a great picture that there. there you know, you really got to be careful when you open the door, Chris. People all have to duck the whole kitchen. No, they it folds down like a trailer. It kind of pops down. I mean, come on. Who's taking this photo? I mean, geez, uh, I'm going to guess please. this is for sale by owner. Oh, my gosh. It better be. Keep going down. Take me a offer. 
And a baby on the internet service is going a little slow. There you go. Oh, that's the oh, there we go. That's the same kitchen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They should be shot. Whoever took that first photo. I shot it myself. I mean, this is a this is a nice place, Andy. I I can't believe it's not sold. No. We better grab it. You know, it's one of those that is sitting there. It's vacant. It's hard to imagine what you're getting yep. in there. So, I kind of like this old school full basement. That backyard, too. great backyard. You know, if, I because I deal with this a lot with new construction, and you do too, I'm sure. Where the the lots, everyone sees walkouts and lookouts. I don't mind a full lot. Oh my god, I have to tell you about one that I saw. If uh, oh, it's the virtual tour that was going on. Got it. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So yeah, it just that's sucked. when he he just spun it and then he get yeah. Oh, like that. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I still Look, have Andy, faith in humanity. I was just uh, I showed a uh, all one level Rambler that was just built yeah. two years ago, mm-hmm. and it's one hundred percent what I want now. Rambler, all in one level, nothing, no basement. But what you're saying about the outside and being flat. It just brings the outside into the inside. It makes the inside feel bigger. And uh, it's it, this is fantastic. It's in Crestview. Anybody that wants gets a 1.5 million wants an amazing house. That's It's awesome. It is a little trickier, to be honest with you, to sell the slab on grade Ramblers, even if they're executive level. I know. There's this fallacy that there's going to be a storm and they need a place to go. And even with a storm room, I've, I've noticed that a lot of these newer houses being built up in Alex are doing the uh, the four foot crawl space underneath, and then they can have a floor. So the floors aren't so hard either. So you can still have like handicapped accessibility, but the floors, you know, are warmer, a little nicer. They can hide the ductwork below them. And um, I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on that? Do you prefer that, or do you really want slab on grade? Actual I, slab on concrete. I would be totally fine with like a slab on grade with a one little basement area where you could put like in the middle of the room where it would be like just your furnace and mechanical area. And then you could sneak down there if you wanted to. Yep. Okay. That's what I think. All right. Andy's turn. Uh Uh-oh. He's a salesman. Uh, Let's go. Oh, he's going on the east side, Andy. Careful. You might pick one of my listings over there. That's my listing. Going on the east side. Is that, your, is that your listing, actually? No, I was kidding. I've got one right down the street from that one, though. So um, one of our new builds. And Andy doesn't have any listings, Nick. You're not supposed to bring that up. Yeah, I think I think I'm down to like twenty. Um, the uh, the all right. So here you have a beautiful, looks like a newer built home. Um, I can't again. My built in 2013, so it's newer, um, modern building techniques, insulation techniques, all that good stuff. Category one uh, construction, which I really like. Looks like they have an LP smart side or a, uh, you know, uh, James Hardy front, which I like too, because if you don't like the burgundy and the tan, you can always change that to blue or whatever. So it gives you options having the front of the house like that. Um, If we could see some of the other stuff, 3,300 square feet, four bedroom, four bath. Um, Okay. Hey, that's a, a, a prom porch, Andy. Yeah. You sit on the porch waiting for him to come back home. Promposal. Um, you can do it right there, Chris. Take me to prom. Um, yeah, it looks like a brand new, nice two-story. Um, can't tell you much because I can't see it, but um, if you don't mind, roll through there, and I'll sell you more on the inside. Okay, concrete front porch like that, all wood, white interior. Give you that timeless white um, you know, and you can have fun with your colors. Looks like a laminate floor um, coming into the house there. Um, French door, nice office, nice office space. I like it. They took the desk out because obviously there's might be a little tight, but there's uh, oh fireplace, nice built-ins, nice space for the TV. Like it, like it. Um, very cool. Open staircase like that. So it's an open floor plan. Nice little kitchen there. Um, Looks like the backsplash, the granite's in. Um, I like the fact that the kitchen is not white. Um, so you get a little bit of contrast there, a little warmth. I like that. Um, looks like, uh, yeah, nice. Oh, look at that fun island. They've got an antiqued kind of white or bisque colored island um, like that. 
Yeah, no, nice place. Seems priced right, you know. Over that way, I've got one listed for about $750, $760. I've got a sport court on it, so I'm over 4,000 finished square feet um, with the basement finished. So that area is definitely nice. It's kind of more the cottage grove, the south end of the um, Woodbury, a little less traffic, a little less noise. You're probably part of that East Ridge, I think it's out there, or the, um, what is that school at least in Woodbury? I think it's East Ridge. East Ridge, yeah. That's why I have a team. I have a team because I don't I don't know all the facts. But, yeah, it's great schools, um, wonderful volleyball program. Speaking of volleyball, how's uh, Augustana doing? We started out really hot. Um, and then the last couple, they uh, got taught a lesson from <laughs> Duluth. And then they uh, then they went to St. Cloud and also got taught a little bit of a lesson. So I actually went to Prior Lake volleyball game last night versus Minnetonka. Oh, yeah. And Just for the record, Champlin did smash Wyzetta last night. What? Yep, four sets. Yeah, they took him in four sets. Wow. That Wyzetta took the first set, and then Champlin came back and took the other three. We were at that game last night too. We kind of vicariously living our old life. We met some of our old friends, you know, went out for dinner and had uh, a great time, and then uh, went over there and, and had a uh, uh, good volleyball game. Good. Do they bring a, is Champlin bringing in a lot of people now from other places? Um, I don't know. I you know a lot of the names I uh, that I saw in the and, and I heard this. My daughter's been out of there for three years, so you know we're um, we still sponsor the team and do the you know the 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 book or whatever, you know, and, and that, but some of that, there's only one or two of the kids around the team that were freshmen when my daughter, they were freshman varsity players when my daughter was there that I recognized. So um, a lot of the same family names you've seen for years. Dude, why is that? I get um, beat earlier this year, but I mean, they were basically undefeated for a couple of years. They like, had a group that went through that was very strong for sure. Yeah, really good. They're still ranked number one. Okay. This is our volleyball real estate class. Hey, people like volleyball. Hey, house values go up when you play volleyball. That's true. Totally true. <laughs> Went to do home builder and was told if I bought a spec today, their lender financing would give me 4.99. Yes, that's happening. I was wondering if it's legit. How can they offer it? Because they buy price blocks. They, they take a bunch of them and, uh, and they do that. And what a lot of them have done is they give you like even a year even better rate than that. So it might be 3.99 and then it's 4.99 for 30 years. So yeah, there's some there's some advantages definitely to that. There was uh we did a 2-1 buy down where we had um on our any of our homes that are up that are specs, they're buying it down 2% um for the first year, 1% for the second year, and then it adjusts to a 30 year and um it what's kind of cool though too is that it allows like some kind of a a quick refi or something like that too. So that if in a couple of years, the, the rates come down, um, you just refinance out of it. But what's interesting is like, you know, Chris, you and I were talking about this before the show uh, interest rates on the, on the marketplace right now um, used to be able to go borrow at a, an interest rate and you could have what they called zero points, the par or prime or whatever you want to call it. Right. And then now even at zero, it's actually 1.3%. Lenders are scared of lending money right now because they don't think they're going to hold the money long enough. And lenders get penalized. The loan officers get penalized um, when there's when they're they don't hold those um, mortgages for a certain length of time, which is usually six months. Um, you know, some of them only have three month penalties, but um, they're afraid that people are going to get these mortgages and then immediately dump them because they're getting them out of you know, hey, my house is ready to close on it, so I'm just going to buy it, get What's the that? higher rate, refinance out. What's that tell you, though, Andy? I think it tells you that people think rates are going to come down at the ne next year. I think you know, they're so. predicting sunny days ahead, Chris. Sunny days. Sunny days. Yes. Good I, gonna, I, I hope we have a lot of snow this winter, I'll tell you that. We need to fill up some lakes again. Do we? Mm-hmm. Because they're low. I, uh, yeah, that's true. That's you always Water's a good thing. Yeah. Not Especially when... Especially when your motto is 10,000 lakes. You're going to have 10,000 swamps pretty soon. I like the Minnesota modest, though, because we, we also technically have like 15,000, right, or something like that, or 12,000. Yeah, it's more. It's, I thought it was 11,000 something, but. Yeah, we sandbag it because we're Minnesota. Totally. 
Totally. Hey, another fantastic episode. Make sure to give us a like on the Facebook, um, write us a review on iTunes, Spotify. We post three digestible clips on YouTube and Facebook each week. Send us in any questions you have, and we'll see you next week. Nick, aren't you going to do like they did on The Comedian this week where he says, he says, hey, you want to follow us? You better see what this looks like. And he turns on and shows his butt. If you're going to follow me. <laughs> we want to see a shirt. If you're going to follow, follow me, you should know what my butt looks like. Let's see this. Right. Let's see this shirt. Give him a little shirt action here. Little fashion show. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Jeez. Man, that, that kid oozes class. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Hi, right, guys. Hey, guys. We'll see ya. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.